calling all podcasters, musicians, vloggers, and reporters, and everyone else who wants crystal clear recording that's super portable. The Shure Motive family of microphones makes studio quality audio that's as simple as plug and play. Many of the world's top podcasters rely on Shure, and with a Motive line of iOS and USB microphones, portability is now your friend. Imagine being able to get great audio quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. Simply visit shure.com slash motive to start getting great audio for your content now. That's S-H-U-R-E dot com forward slash M-O-T-I-V. Motorcycle Madhouse, presented by Insane Throttle Biker News, hosted by none other than everyone's favorite online personality, the thorn in every Leo side. Oh my God, this girl's really turning me on. James Hollywood Machikari and his partner in crime, Double Barrel. I'm James Hollywood Machikari, and welcome to the Motorcycle Madhouse's first live show. I'm going to be doing this show by myself today, uh, Double Barrel. We want to send out our prayers to him. His grandfather passed away, so uh, I'm going to be flying solo today. We're going to be talking about uh, a lot of good subjects here today. The prosecution in the Bandito trial of uh, Pike and Portillo just rested their case, and it's their turn up to the plate uh, to present their defense and we're also going to hear uh some good uh, stuff on some gun control regarding uh how police officers are seven times more likely than ccw uh, holders to commit crimes so that's going to be an interesting uh segment so let's get to this uh pike and uh portillo trial uh like i said the prosecutors in the bandito trial rested their case and what's funny about it is their last witness was an old lady of an ugly man Cossacks member. You know, this wasn't surprising given the fact another member of the ugly man Cossacks already testified at the trial. You know, it kind of seems like there's a lot of that uh, going around right now. And uh, it's quite actually the tradition now with a lot of motorcycle clubs. You know, members are going out there enjoying all the benefits of a 1% or a 99% club. And when the shit gets thick, they turn and run. You know, this is unbelievable now. All the nationals that uh, actually turn coded on these two guys is just unheard of. You know, especially back in the days when I used to ride. So, yeah, I'm quite a surprised with that. We've always heard, you know, low-level uh, soldiers going and turning on people, but nationals, for Pete's sakes, come on. Actually, you know, the trial of Pike and Pertillo has awakened me to the fact that the motorcycle club scene I once knew is now gone. I'm actually sitting here while I'm writing that article this morning that I put out on this, thanking God I'm no longer a part of the motorcycle club scene. Seeing what has happened to these two men, as well as the situation in, in the Chicago area, Jesus Christ with the Chicago area scene, there's like, what, eight or nine one-percenter clubs in the Chicago now? I believe the Finks just planted their flag, and that has been confirmed that they're now in Chicago, so that was kind of... Uh, kind of a wake-up call things are changing out there because that's something that we would have never heard of in the Chicago area and it's kind of cemented my view of what's going on in the motorcycle club scene 
you know, right now it's looking if they keep on going the way they're going, they might as well go to the way of the Elks and the Moose, who, you know, as you know, the Elks and the Moose is a fraternity that used to be, you know, put together in the 50s and 60s, and it's mostly an older generation. There's nothing wrong with these uh, fraternities, but they're, you know, they're more geared towards the older people. And that's what seems like is going to go happen in, uh, with the motorcycle club scene if that stuff don't get uh, taken care of, man. it re- You know, it's really disappointing what's going on. You know, unless the leaderships of these clubs start taking things back to the basics, that's where they're headed. It's where they're headed. You know, the government's final witness was Nina Jackson of Bridgeport near Fort Worth, and she testified about an incident which she and her husband, David Jackson, and other Kazakhs were jumped by men, some of them wearing red, outside Shorty's Bar in Port Aranus, or Aranus, or however you say that name, while they were on vacation there in August 2015. And at least three Kazakhs sustained bruises and cuts and other injuries. So, here you have an old lady testifying on the stand against another motorcycle club. And the Cossacks, and I must say the ugly man Cossacks, and, you know, I guess their national president, Zeke, you know, approves of this kind of behavior. You know, last I checked, you know, you never uh, testified against other members of motorcycle clubs, so... It's kind of like, what the hell's going on over there with the Cossacks, man? You, you really got to ask yourself that. And we'll get into the Cossacks in a little bit. But uh, we got to talk about getting back to the basics as far as motorcycle clubs are concerned. They're going to have to ask themselves if quantity over quality is what they are searching for in their membership. What has caused the breakdown in club protocol that everybody goes around talking about and saying you gotta do this and gotta do that is the rush to be the biggest club out there that's what it is that's what protocols you know started to become and if they gotta rush out there to get quantity over quality and now they're wondering why there's all kinds of rats and stuff like that you know just look at the state of the MC scene you have more and more clubs popping out of nowhere and using the internet to recruit. You have clubs taking in people who are on the sex offenders list or not doing background checks altogether, by the way. You know, some of these clubs out there you'll see that never even, you know, picked up a private investigator's phone number or even did a simple background check on the internet. And you have these clubs taking in, you know, sex offenders and not doing background checks at the least you know background checks were at least the thing to do with you know motorcycle clubs now they seem to be ignored altogether you know the reason why motorcycle clubs perform backward uh, background checks was so the motorcycle clubs had a starting point in an evaluating a potential member usually the motorcycle clubs would ask for detailed information on prospective uh, prospects, real detailed stuff like who's your mother, who's uh, your sister, who's her friend, blah, blah, blah. 
And right after the hangaround period was complete, oh, let me uh, back up there for a minute. <laughs> this was done during the hangaround period. You know, that hangaround period that, you know, your clubs are supposed to use to get to know people and the people to get to know them. So, you know, the sex, sex offender checks were done right away. And no motorcycle club I know wants to be affiliated with somebody on that list, let me tell you. But I guess things have changed a great deal because not even the basic step of doing a background check is being done anymore. You see it all the time now when a club gets in a jam and the next thing you know, the dude pops up as a sex offender. This has happened with Yao Bad, the Rock Machine. That's why they're always on IOTC all the time because these are type of guys they take. And think about it for a moment. Here is a guy who is a piece of shit sex offender and you have him around your wife and your kids. What is that? And in the fact that if he's on that list, you can bet he's going to turn red on you the first chance he gets. So let's talk about the hangaround period for a moment. This is an especially important step for any motorcycle club. It used to be a motorcycle club was so tight-knit, you basically had to be a blood relative to be a to a full patch member or you had to hang around the club at least a year to even be considered for prospect status. Now it's a situation where a club meets a guy in a bar or rally one day and throws on a prospect patch the next. With some clubs out there, it's even debatable if someone goes through the prospect period at all. With that kind of membership process, we all wonder why things are so screwed up today. We Things are really screwed up and we wonder why. That's why. So here's an ideal. Your club wants to be the biggest and baddest. Then that's a great, you know what, that's a great goal. Every club wants to be the biggest and baddest. But learn from some of the great ones that came before you. Clubs that have been around since after the end of World War II. They grew in numbers and reputation because they stuck to their bylaws and their commitments to the patch. These clubs didn't go out there looking for people. The people came looking for them. When the clubs didn't allow them to hang around, they made sure. They made sure they did their due diligence. The clever the clubs never once sacrificed quality for the sake of getting better. Not in that day. Never. You know, now it's, you know, all reverse. So it's, hey, let's get bigger and screw everything else. Let's just, you know, let the apples go where they lie if something goes down. And that brings me to the ugly man, Kazakhs. And a specifically a question I like to ask Zeke. You know, he's the national president for the ugly man, Kazakhs. It, it, I, I want to know, Zeke. Is it the ugly man Kazakh's policy to let active members and old ladies testify against members of other motorcycle clubs? It, it's a simple question. There's nothing ass nine or disrespectful about that question. Unless, of course, you don't like the facts. If you say to yourself, who the hell is this guy to question me? I'm going to turn around and say, a lot more than just me are asking that question. Especially, 
you know, having a member and an old lady testify against Pike and Portillo in open court? And I don't care if they even got a subpoena. What the hell? Haven't you trained your people to say, hey, I'll take the fifth or go fuck yourself? I ain't answering it. Come on. <laughs> you know, and another question I have for you. You sent a text to a broad concerning the one percenters, uh, the Cossacks. And again, you're a national president from my understanding. Why in the hell are you discussing business about another club with a damn broad? You know, the text is especially funny considering you allow members of your motorcycle club to testify against another motorcycle club. So this begs the question, who is actually the counterfeit club? The one who allows members and old ladies to testify in the stand, or the one who, as of yet, has not? And let me read that uh, text to the audience. And this is from, uh, purportedly from uh, Zeke. And Zeke says, to abroad, I guess he got a text from abroad, these are counterfeit ones that they think they are one percenters, LOL. And the broad comes back, that's what I thought, LOL. I laughed when I seen it. Thank for the clear up and time. How are you doing? And Zeke comes back and says, So does everyone else. Can't wait to see when they run across a real bunch of one percenters. Wow. <laughs> wow. A member of the Kazakhs Motorcycle Club testified at a racketeering trial in San Antonio Federal Court that several banditos beat him and gashed his head with a claw hammer in North Texas when he refused to take off his biker vest. I quote the San Antonio Times. You know what, Zeke? I don't really care about your internal club business. From my understanding... Members of the Kazakh One Percenters have already run up against another One Percenter club, and it was called Waco. With that in mind, seems to me from your text, you don't have to grease that puppy so much, man. You know, be honest with her. They were your former brothers who were disenchanted with you and your leadership and gave you the middle finger. They called your bluff and you blinked. Why else would you allow them to run around with the Kazakh's name? If you thought they were counterfeit, then why not take care of business? That's what other clubs would have done in this situation. You outnumber them, what, 10 to 1? Make them take off the Kazakh name. Seems like they would be the only solution. That would be the only solution. If you believe they were counterfeit and making the ugly, you know, the ugly man Cossacks look like a joke. Let's be honest, Zeke. It's not the Cossack one percenters making you look bad. You're doing that all by yourself by allowing members and broads to be rats. I would think about that for a while before you go out there calling those whom you once called brothers counterfeit. After all... Can you see the irony of you calling them counterfeit? Did they not prospect for the Ugly Man Cossacks? Did they not meet the membership requirements of the Ugly Man Cossacks at the time you granted them the patches? If they did meet those requirements, 
What has changed? Well, maybe the fact a bunch of your ex-brothers thought it serious enough to leave because of your lack of leadership. Seeing all the rats coming out of the ugly man Cossacks, I can see why. Now, Zeke, if you dis- dispute all this, the generalizations, the tax, anything, anything, you're more than welcome to come on the motorcycle madhouse to give your point of view. And let me tell you something else. I will not ask you one bit about Waco. I will only ask you about the stuff that's contained what I just put out there on the radio and in the article. So there shouldn't be no excuse to come and defend yourself or defend a Kazakh, you know, the ugly man Kazakh nation on why you let a member and an old lady testify at Pike and Portillo's trial. There's no excuse whatsoever that you cannot come on and discuss this kind of stuff because, again, I will not be talking about Waco. So you can't be sitting there saying, hey, I can't talk because of the Waco trials. No, I'm not going to talk about it at all. This is your chance. I always give somebody their chance to get their side of the story out. Always. You know, two men right now are fighting for their lives. It's bad enough they have to deal with overzealous governmental agencies hell-bent on making sure to cast motorcycle clubs in a bad light. But now they have to deal with turncoats not only in their organization, you know, I don't know, what you have that fucking Romo and uh, Homo or whatever his name is, he has to deal with and a couple other banditos that turned in, turn on him. But then he has to add the fact that he has two people from the Kazakhs giving testimony against him. It's surprising they're holding up as good as they are, truthfully. You know, hopefully anybody, you know, that's listening out there, you can give some support to the Bandito Defense Fund. Or even drop their attorneys a quick note of support. I'm sure it'd be greatly appreciated. Let's not forget the fact District Attorney Abel Reyna has been holding off on criminal and civil trials going forward in Waco because of what's going on in San Antonio. Not only is that ass monkey waiting for more evidence from the government to use in Waco, he's waiting to see if he gets a guilty verdict against Pike and Pertillo. If the government gets the guilty verdict, he will have ammunition to try and sway a jury in Waco. He will be able to use events unrelated to Waco against those he takes to trial. For those ugly man Cossacks awaiting trial in Waco, make sure that burns in your head real good. You can be sitting on the stand knowing one of your brothers and or old ladies of one of your brothers testified and helped get a guilty verdict against someone else. Now, that verdict's going to be used against you and they try to get a guilty verdict against you. So how's that make you feel? That's pretty messed up if you, you know, you ask me. You're sitting on the stand saying, oh shit, man, we had people testify against these guys. Now they're going to use that evidence against us. Yeah, quite the situation, man. I think it's time. Maybe you guys get a meeting together. Maybe, you know, I'll bad some people, you know, dot some eyes or some shit like that. But gosh, damn, man.
that's pretty messed up if you ask me. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. There's a new comedy coming out called Finkel Bottom Big Tits. It's starring Dennis Leary, Michael Jackson, and Matt Damon. The Madhouse is the first to get the trailer release. <laughs> the things we had to go through to get this thing. You know, when we come back, I'm going to be talking about, uh, you know, we got a response from Lollipop to Insane Throttle's criticism, as well as play a secret tape of an interaction between law-abiding biker and Lollipop captured during their podcast interview. I'm also going to dive into, you know, a real interesting subject that came out regarding a study, <laughs> a study in which cops are seven times more likely to commit felonies than concealed carry gun owners. <laughs> you can't, you know, you don't want to miss that. But uh, I'll see you on the other end. <laughs> in a world where humanity has lost what made it human, where corruption haunts all of mankind, one stands against it all. His name is Finkelbottom Big Tits. Using his powers to travel through time, Finkelbottom Big Tits and his trusted companion, Hot Steamy Wiener, must rescue the legendary Princess Balls from the evil Lord Sarah Palin. Their great quest begins now. Matt Damon, Dennis Leary, Michael Jackson, and Ben Affleck as Princess Balls. The Adventures of Finkelbottom Big Tits. Rated PG-13. In theaters next summer. Hi, this is Jay and Tyler with Machikari, host of the Biker Angle over on Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel. Take a second and come over and check out the new channel with shows like The Boss with Peter Big Pete Jones and my show The Biker Angle. The new Insane Throttle YouTube channel is focused on everything biker where we take on the tough issues facing the biker community and rally and event coverage as well. Come join in the crazy conversations, put your two cents in, so put that damn beer down and get over to Insane Throttle and subscribe. Shit, get the prospect busy and make them hit that subscribe button for you. <laughs> so let's jump right into it, shall we? Uh, Ryan Erlacher had his butt buddy Ray Lollipop Lebeski on for an interview on his podcast. By the way, Ryan, you don't have to try, you know, greasing up that butthole so, you know, people like him you know, talks good to you. And you also don't have to keep greasing people for all the money all the time, man. Come on, what's up with you, dude? You think you have enough commercials on that podcast? Damn, man, put out some content (laughs) instead of begging for money all the time, really. Come on, dude. You know, have some, uh, you know, have some, you know, I can't even tell you what you, you know, you're just, yeah. Anyway, Anyways, they have some choice words for yours truly, especially after I forwarded them the secret recording the Madhouse received of their interaction after the interview. A, I don't judge people for what they do behind closed doors, but Ray, you, oh my God, Ray, you a freak, brother. Here's Here's that secret recording. You know. I've been looking at your butt for uh, about a week. <laughs> I was wondering if, you know, I could have it. Ew, what do you mean? No. I mean, like, you know, just just give me your butt. No. 
Give me that butt. No! Give me that butt. No! Give me that butt. No! Give me that butt. Give me that butt. Yeah, let's just say they were none too happy with me when I forwarded that. You know, Lollipop was so enraged and couldn't take a joke. He sent this lovely message to me. Now, this guy, you know what? I think he needs some blood pressure pills or something, man, because he just went off on me, man. You know, you got to listen to this. You got to listen. Here it is. Here it is. You don't like that your coworker used me on that note about stealing her yogurt from the break room fridge? You don't like that I'm all over your sister-in-law's blog? You don't like that I'm on the sign of that new Thai place? You think I'm pedestrian and tacky? Guess the fuck what, Picasso? We all don't have 73 weights of stick-of-my-ass Helvetica sitting on our 17-inch MacBook Pros. Sorry, the entire world can't all be done in stark Eurotrash Swiss type. Sorry, some people like to have fun. Sorry, I'm standing in the way of your minimalist, Bauhaus-esque fascist snooze fest. Maybe sometime you should take off your black turtleneck, stop compulsively adjusting your Tumblr theme, and lighten the fuck up for once. People love me. Why? Because I'm fun. I'm the life of the party. I bring levity to any situation. Need to soften the blow of a harsh message about restroom etiquette? Slam! There I am. Need to spice up the directions of your graduation party? Wham! There again. Need to convey your fun-loving, approachable nature on your business's website? Smack! Like daffodils in motherfucking spring! When people need to kick back, have fun, and party, I will be there, unlike your pathetic fonts. While Gotham is at the science fair, I'm banging the prom queen behind the wood shop. While Avenir is practicing the clarinet, I'm shredding rain and blood on my double-neck stratocaster. While Universe is refilling his allergy prescription, I'm racing my tricked-out, nitrous-lighting Honda Civic against Tokyo gangsters who'll kill me if I don't cross the finish line first. I am a sans-serif Superman, and my only kryptonite is pretentious kills like you. It doesn't matter what you think. You know why, Jagoff? Because I'm famous. I'm on every major operating system since Microsoft fucking Bob. I'm in your signs. I'm in your browsers. I'm in your instant messengers. I'm not just a font. I'm a force of motherfucking nature. And I will not rest until every uptight armchair typographer cock hat like you is surrounded by my lovable comic book inspired sans serif badassery. Ah, enough of this bullshit. I'm gonna go get hammered with papyrus. Wow, lollipop. You know what? Like I said, I think you need some blood thinners, man. You're going to give yourself a heart attack, bro. You really are, man. It's not that serious, lollipop. Really. You know, you like men, and that's all right. It's 2018, and gay phobia is now, you know, being gay is now mainstream. You know, hey, no, hey, no reason to be embarrassed by your lifestyle. You know, your lifestyle choice. If you and Ryan have something going, it's no one other business, no one else's business but your own, man. It really is. The Madhouse or the Motorcycle Club community has no need or desire to know who you're pumping up the Hershey Highway, bro. With that said, Lollipop, we're gonna dust. We, you know. We will discuss some of your untruths you gave in that interview on the next week's show as soon as uh, Double Barrel gets back. But right now, 
we have some important things to talk about. One of those being Ryan Urklacher's ongoing truce about the one percenter community. You know, this guy Ryan goes around spewing that anyone who is one percenters are criminal. So we're going to take a look at a recent study which says cops are seven times more likely to commit crimes than CCW holders. If you knew the facts about 1% or Ryan, you would know most of them hold that CCW card. And it also says concealed carry permit holders are the most law-abiding citizens in the United States. It really does. <laughs> hey, Brian, how you doing, buddy? It's great to uh, see you over here. <laughs> How do you like that stuff with uh, Lollipop, man? I'm telling you, man, I, I, re- I really don't care what he's doing. I really don't. You know, that's none of my business. If he wants to pump down the Hershey Highway, that's all on him, man. I really don't care, and I don't think uh, anybody else in the biker community does either. But thanks for joining us, Ryan. Uh, so let's get back to the report. You know, this report was written by the Crime Prevention Research Center President John Lott. And he notes that it's very rare for permit holders to violate the law. And it compares the crimes committed by permit holders to police officers and the general population. The police committed 103 crimes per 100,000 officers, while the general population committed 38.13 per 100,000 people. 37 times as much as the police crime rate. So you got to give them the, you know, the piggies that. And yet, the same metric shows an even lower crime rate for permit holders. You know, combining the data for Florida and Texas, you're going to find permit holders are convicted of misdemeanors and felonies at less than, let's see, let's see, less than six times the rate of police officers and you know again this is a study and it's a factual one and among police firearm violations occur at the rate of 16.5 per 100,000 and among holders in Florida and Texas the rate is only 2.4 so that's about one-seventh of the rate of police officers but again there's no need just to focus on Texas and Florida. The data in other states are just as similar. You know, the report found that while concealed carry permits have surged since 99, the murder rates have declined. So there you go, you gun nuts. The murder rates declined. So, you know, personally, I think you start uh, arming everybody. You know, where's our national concealed carry, you know, Congress? But, uh... The main takeaway from the report, concealed carry permit holders are the most law-abiding group in the country and are determined to crime. You know, the type of person that would go through the process, one in which you you can often lose your license for a fairly trivial offenses, this guy Lott said, they're reluctant to use the guns in the wrong way because, you know, they can lose what they did because, you know, I know in Illinois, man, you're looking at big-time money, you know. Whoa, wait a second, what is that? Hello, what's up there? Hello? Oh, that just means something good right now. Here we go, guys. 
some leaks up in the roof there? Yeah. I had some guys here yesterday, some Mexican, little Mexicans there up there whacking away at my roof. They tell me this, that, and the other thing. Next thing you know, it rains. I got the rain coming right down inside. Went up there, you know, they're, they're trying to show me this, that. I fired the two of the fuckers off on their fucking head. They don't know what the fuck they're doing up there. My wife's up there poking around. She's making like she knows what the fuck is up. I fired her down onto the fucking roof. <laughs> now, what I need here, buddy, is I need this fucking thing done right. Tell me what you can do for me. <laughs> Man, this is aggravating me now. <laughs> this shit's going on. Look, my wife, she's up there poking around like she knows what the fuck she's doing. I kick her right up the fucking ass, threw her down onto the fucking car. <laughs> Show me what you can do now. I, I, I really need this. It's all along the side of the fucking house. The water's coming in like a sip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is a fucking joke, huh? Come on, buddy, help me out here. <laughs> What's your name? Frank Rizzo. Spell it. R-I-Z-Z-O. comes in, it's like buckets on my fucking head. It's getting out of line now. I got the fucking kids up there playing on the fucking roof. This is bullshit. Give me your address. It's 503 5th Street. 503 5th Street. All right, listen. Uh-huh. What do you do? You go up there with the kettles, the pots, the fucking hot shit? What do you do? Talk to me. You know what happens? See, I got a lot of fucking problems. These little, these little Mexican fuckers—they were up there with the hot shit, mm-hmm. and they're fucking joking. They were up there slapping each other with the hot mops. See, I don't need this kind of shit. All right? Yeah. So I had to go up there. I threw the two fuckers right down in the yard, split their fucking heads. Out of here. Well, who'd you hire to do that? I don't know the name of the fuckers. I thought I was gonna get a little break on the price. The little bastards are up on the roof, running around like fucking retards. Huh? Well. One of them come through the fucking window. He thinks he's cute. He's playing his little games. He fired his friend through my fucking window. He landed down in the living room. <laughs> hey, I can't have this shit. Hey, many crib. All right, Bob, you help me out there. Okay. All right? I want you to come over here. You look at the fucking roof. You get your hands right in there and get your hands fucking dirty and you see what the problem is. Uh-huh. All right, we'll see if we can fix this shit up. Huh. Okay? Hey, I'll give you a call. All right, if I get in your way anything like that, you fire me down into the fucking yard, okay? Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> man, you gotta love them jerky boys, man. Especially in the '90s when they first started going and stuff like that. I'm gonna have to get them back on the madhouse, man. I gotta get them on here. What do you guys think? It'd be fun talking to them. You know, Frank Rizzo. They took that from that Philadelphia Mary. He was an old boy, old school boy. You know, he used to cause all kinds of shit down there in Philadelphia. But uh, let's get to an important issue, and that being gun control. You know. And it's especially important right now. The first thing the far left in this country will do when a shooting spree happens is a call for more gun control. It's like, it's an instinct bred into them, you know, when the far left have their little babies from birth. Go out there and blame the gun instead of the person behind the gun. Most of these far left people do not have any common sense at all. Just listen to them talk. You can't argue. They they can't even argue because you can't go against facts. You know, they just throw up a bunch of mumble jumble and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, that's a whole different story and a whole different uh, subject entirely. But let's get back to Ryan Erlacher of Law Abiding Biker. 
who may, a man who claims to be a voice of the 99 percenters. Yeah, he actually uh, believes he's the voice of 99 percenters, man. God help you guys if that's who your uh, spokesman is. You know, a cop goes around preaching most one percenters are criminal. Personally, maybe he needs to take a look at some of the statistics I went over before running that dick receiver of his. You know, it's time to, you know, I know you and Lollipop have something going on, man, but close your dick receiver. You do not know what you're talking about. So, you know, close it. Close that thing, man. I know, you know, Lollipop would be mad at you and all that good stuff, but you got to close it, man, because the facts are facts. You know, most club members are concealed carry permit holders, Ryan. This is true with members of one percenter clubs, as you, you know. You know, the ones you're calling criminals all the time. Personally, I have a Utah, I carry, you know, I got a 9, I got a 45 that I carry. You know, again, let's uh, put that little statistic out there that you're not going to like. Among police, firearm violations occur at a rate of 16.5 per 100,000 officers. Among permit holders in Florida and Texas, the rate is only 2.4. Again, only a seventh of the rate for police officers. Again, this is Texas and Florida state, you know, statistics, but again, it's similar in all other states. So, Ryan, you're saying members of 1%er clubs are violent and criminal. Here's what I think. I think, you know, you as officer Howdy Doody should be looking more at those who are part of his own nationwide blue gang. That's who you need to look at, man, instead of one percenters. Look at your own blue gang. For every crime you try pinning on one percenter clubs, I can find a cop out there who commits the same or even the worst. Now, this is going to be surprising to you there, uh, Ryan, but they just closed the Golden State Killer. If you guys are around in the 70s, 80s, you know what the Golden State Killer was. So they arrested Joseph D'Angelo, 72, on Wednesday at his Citrus Height home. You know, it's located about 16 miles uh, northeast of Sacramento. After DNA sample matched that of the Golden State Killer. D'Angelo worked as an officer with the XDTAR or however they say that small-ass town's name, police department. Again, this guy terrorized California in the 70s and 80s. The Golden State Killers believed to be responsible for at least 12 murders, 45 rapes, and 120 home burglaries throughout California. So to me, it looks like people should trust members of uh, one percenter clubs more than the police department with statistics coming out like these, man. Holy cow. You know, after all, it's a proven fact, and this is one thing, uh, Ryan, you might want to look at, that when a motorcycle club sets up a clubhouse, especially a one percenter club, the crime rate decreases in that neighborhood. Why is it? Well, for one, the members of the MCs get out there and they talk with the people. Something cops rarely do because they are too busy thinking their shit don't stink. Officers of the Motorcycle Club 
also go out there, wrangle up all the local gangs, uh, you know, all the street gang leaders, and an MC sits them down and explains to them how counterproductive it is to shit in their own backyard. See, gang leaders understand and respect motorcycle clubs. Motorcycle clubs come to them as men. Something cops cannot do because you guys are too busy playing your superior shit. And by time the end of the sit-down happens, the motorcycle and the street gang have an understanding. This is why you don't see crime anywhere near a clubhouse. If you do not fight for your guns come 2018, this midterm, you're going to lose them. You really are, and that has to do with a lot you know, yeah, I might be bashing on Ryan, you know, Erlacher, but this subject of guns for those who are Second Amendment supporters are huge. It's huge. You know, right now, the, the so-called mainstream media is predicting a blue wave victory in November. The media are saying the Democrats have a good chance of taking the House of Representatives. If that happens, you can kiss your AR-15s, your AKSs, and your AK-47s all goodbye. The far-left liberals are hell-bent on extreme gun control. These people have no regard whatsoever for your Second Amendment rights. They want to push their own version of utopia and will do it at everybody's expense. So why am I being so alarmist? The utopian vision these far-left liberals have are based on socialism. Take, for example, Ryan Erlacher's home state of Washington. You know, he's a cop and a cop spokesman, I guess, out in Yakima. What kind of name is that, Yakima? Anyway, the city of, you know, Seattle proudly displays a statue of Lenin in a public park. That's how sick the far left's thinking is. What's even worse, they have their media, the media playing their narrative and their propaganda 24 hours a day. Think about it. You know, for all the older guys, we sat there every day worrying about when we were growing up if there was going to be a nuclear missile flying over our heads from the Soviet Union. Now you got these Antifa dumbasses, these college kids running around with their damn uh, bars and sickle. You know, that old Soviet Union flag. And that, you know what? I tell you, go watch The Day After. That was one of the biggest movies of, you know, I think it was 1983 that really led to uh, the nuclear arms treaty because it scared the shit out of everybody. Look at that. That was the Soviet Union. And these Democrats running around, Russia, 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 with no damn proof whatsoever, it gets tiring. But anyway, all of a sudden, they're worried about Russia. Back when it was the Soviet Union, they wanted to kiss their dicks. But, uh, you know, also, look at all these school, you know, these so-called student walkouts going on. The hacks over at CNN are all over them. They propagate a select few kids and they try to push the narrative that America must have gun control to protect our children. They fail to mention in that narrative 
the millions of babies killed by abortion each year because some broad couldn't keep her legs shut. Killing babies is okay because that's the right, you know, for women to choose. But when it comes to American Second Amendment guaranteed to us in the Constitution, oh, we don't want to talk about that. They don't need their guns. They don't need any. The police can protect you. Well, after reading some of those statistics, I'd rather have a CCW before trusting any cop with my safety, I'm telling you. So, this November is more important for gun owners than 2016. Uh, you know, we had to worry about Hillary stacking the court with all the liberal ones. But now you have to, you know, worry about, oh my God, you got to worry about a Democratic-controlled house by the far left. If you stay in home and decide not to vote, you're risking the right to have a gun of your choice. Shit, you might be risking having no rights to a gun at all if it's, you know, the far left have its way. This is exactly what will happen if you don't stay involved and you don't get out to vote in November. You got to get out there. You know, the question is, as a Second Amendment supporter and a gun, you know, a gun owner, do you want to put the fate of your constitutional rights in the hands of Nancy Pelosi? Or do you want the fate of your gun rights in the hands of Chuck Strumer? That's the situation gun owners are facing. The far left have its base fired up for the upcoming election. If the Second Second Amendment voters don't get fired up, we're risking more than we would ever, ever have in 2016. We'd be facing a minority bent on taking away our gun rights and turning America into an Australian-style gun state. No offense to our guy, you know, our followers in Australia, but your bikey laws are pretty messed up, and I can only imagine how bad your gun laws are. You know, from my understanding, your gun laws are pretty shitty. They're not, you know, you're, it's next to none yet you can own a gun out there. It's next to none. So is that what you want in America? Because you want to get complacent and not get involved in the election process? Just look at what we were able to do as bikers down in Texas. Popeye from Texas Biker Radio and the group Offer One and the many thousands of bikers and Abate and all the other organizations like the Confederation of Clubs were able to come together as one cohesive unit and smash Abel Reyna in that primary. They smashed him by 20 points. 20 points. That's unheard of going into a primary election against an incumbent. But bikers stuck together. And that's our problem nowadays, man. We don't stick together. You look at motorcycle clubs and... If you look at it honestly, you'll see if you were born in California, you'd probably be a red and white supporter. If you were born in Chicago, you'd probably be a black and white supporter. Of course, I don't know now. There's like eight freaking diamonds out there, so you don't know who the hell to support anymore. (laughs) But uh, in, in all seriousness, if we get our shit together and start pulling together, there's nothing that we can't do as a community. You know, Brian was right. Brian DeBall. You know, I really like this cat. He's uh, from Wisconsin. He's with the Brothers in Chains. They do a lot, a lot of charity work up there. 
and he had the same, you know, the the same idea. Why not organize? Why not get 5,000 bikes down into Waco, Texas and show our force? Shit. Why go to Sturges? Let's start having an annual run over to Waco every year, camp right outside the town, and throw a big old get-together get there and show them, hey, we're not going to sit here and take this stuff. You might have been able to do this to this guys in Waco, but you're not doing it to all of us, you know, as a community. So I think Brian's right on that. Go ahead. Let's get some organization done. I think that's the best thing that we need to do. You know, I've heard uh, the questions go to better school and stuff like that, but better school's more of a thing where you go to learn. They're trying to educate people. They're trying to, you know, dispel the myths before it gets out there in a bar where one jackass tells another jackass tells another jackass. Next thing you know, you got 10,000 jackasses spewing the same stuff. So, we got the, you know, the Confederation of Clubs out there. That's cool. But I do really like the ideal of all coming together as one. Brian hit that shit right on the head, man. There is no reason at all that we can't do that. None. I'd like to, you know what, maybe I'll talk to Popeye, something like that, and see if, you know, we can organize something for next year. Let's get a huge damn rally going out there that rival Sturges. Make them cops shit their pants. <laughs> That's what I say. You know, put them on notice. <laughs> put them on notice. So... With that, you know, I did have a a Facebook question of the day today on my post. You know, are you going to be voting in this midterm to protect our Second Amendment rights? Because I'm telling you, it's the most pressing issue there is. And also, if you think it's a good idea, let's get some rallies uh, put together down in uh, Waco, Texas, man. I'd really love to get involved in something like that, and I'll throw... uh, Insane Throttle's full uh, power behind that, man. Let's get the word out there. You know, let's uh, talk to the people that are down there that know the place. And uh, like I said, I'll talk to Popeye, OG, some real good guys, man. If you haven't listened to their uh, show on uh, the internet over at Texas Biker Radio, you're going to want to do that. And, you you know, I might even talk to Good Time Charlie, too, man. Good Time Charlie knows everybody. <laughs> that motherfucking motorcyclism, man, he knows everybody. I love Good Time Charlie, man. That, that's my boy right there. So, uh, you know, that's something. Let's uh, get together. Let's get some ideals. Maybe I'll throw the group together, stuff like that, and uh, all that good stuff. But uh, right now, I hope you enjoyed the show. This is my, uh, show, my solo one. And uh, tonight, Big Pete's going to be out on his uh, Facebook Live. We're going to have the questions coming in on that. And uh, I'll also premiere his new uh, video on YouTube. It's going to be The Boss, uh, the stories that didn't get into the last Chicago Boss. So that's going to be fun. But uh, if you have any uh, suggestions for a live show or topics that you'd like to hear me discuss or come on for an interview, let's interview. Maybe I got to get Brian on this thing, man. Brian and me kicking it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, with all that, man, uh, you know, it was a hell of a show. I, uh, you know, really enjoyed it all. And uh, with that said, I'll 
keep you out of here and uh, let you get back to work and all that stuff. But there's one thing you got to remember. Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. And I'm out of here, guys. And thanks for joining us on the Motorcycle Madhouse today. It was a great live show. Hope you guys had fun. Don't forget to go over and subscribe to YouTube, where the boss and the biker angles always over there, right on clockwork every Sunday and Thursday. And don't forget the Thursday night Facebook lies with Big Pete, the author of The Last Chicago Boss. And head over on to the Instagram page for Insane Throttle Biker News, and you'll see the baby of the day, bike of the day, and the tattoo of the day. So with that, I am out of here, fellas. Holiday tips and wine stories from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Did you know there are over one million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Here's to a whole lot of celebrating. Crisp whites like a floral Sauvignon Blanc pairs perfectly with shrimp cocktail and other light appetizers. Now that's how you kick off a holiday meal. Don't stress about choosing the right wine for a meaningful gift. Consider me your wine concierge. As you check off that gift list this holiday season, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection at Total Wine and More. Cheers. What's in store this holiday at your local Staples? Gifts and packages shipped with care. So you can relax in knowing they'll soon be there. Now at Staples, you get 15% off UPS shipping services and 15% off all shipping supplies. Plus, Staples is open seven days a week. So you can ship around your schedule this holiday. And still get everything out in time while spending less. Staples, there's a whole lot in store this holiday. Exclusions apply. In-store only, see associate for details. Ends 12 29 18